All right, I am live again. For those of you who might have tuned in the first time around, there was no sound at all. Um, I don't know what happened. I think there's sound now. I apologize if there's going to be feedback here. Yep, looks like we're good on Twitch. And are we... We're good on YouTube! Go team! Go team awesome! I just need to make a few little adjustments here. Da, 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 da. Get my notebook out of the way because notes. Notes. Lots of notes. All the notes. But welcome to Joe's Disc Golf Podcast with your host, Joe. That is me, the ever so creatively titled Disc Golf Podcast named after Joe. Well, I'm the only person here who can host this clearly because my name is Joe. No one else can take this because I'm the only Joe. There can only be one, just like Highlander. Now, it looks like things are going good now. We've got plenty of fun things to talk about, including the Texas State Championship, the upcoming tournaments. Yes, we've got a bunch coming there. We also have footwear and so, so much more to talk about. But first, I'd like to thank our sponsor. Hashtag not real sponsor. Log. What rolls downstairs? A loner in pairs rolls over your neighbor's dog. What's great for a snack and it fits on your back? It's log, log, log. It's big, it's heavy, it's wood. Log from Blamo. Yes, lots and lots of fun stuff there. Great, great sponsor. Also, our other sponsor, sponsor, who makes a fantastic product and or service I love to use and or wear and or dress said item thank you all for that hopefully everybody is having a great day i am having an okay day right now because this is the second time i am attempting to record this podcast now hopefully things will go a little smoother than last time and uh let's see hopefully things will go a lot smoother a lot better and who knows, more awesomer. That's what I'm hoping for. More awesomerness. That's exactly what I want. Now, a couple fun updates here. So, uh, our club, the Fort Wayne Disc Golf Club, is doing Match Madness. So, this is a match play tournament that we're hosting. And it is all based in our club. Um, it is based off of the March Madness. So, there are 64 people with the top four seeds, who are the top four who finished previously on um, their top uh, blah, 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 bag tag challenge at the end of last year. So that happens on New Year's Eve, and hopefully, and so those top four people will be there, and it looks like that uh, I have no qualms with how they, how they did that. Um, the top four in our club are pretty much the top four, uh, interchangeable, um, they're all great disc golfers, and any one of them can beat any one of the other ones. And so I have no issues with that. The rest of us were randomly drawn out. I got seed number 42. And the way it goes, the better seed, so the seed closer to zero, uh, ends up picking the course and the layout. And the higher seed picks the rules. So I got to pick the rules. Um... And I basically said PDGA rules and, you know, outside of the standard match play scoring. And I also...
also had um, said just anything that was OB. You know, sign OB, and that's about it. Because that was pretty easy, pretty straightforward there. Um, and I actually, uh, he picked a course that was very beneficial to me. Uh, he did not realize that I am mostly a forehand dominant player. And um, even though I had a round recorded at uh, PFW, uh, disc golf course, this is where we played. Uh, we played the Blacks at the Fort Wayne Outfitters Open last uh, October, I think it was. And um, I did all right on that one. On the temp course, I, I, I shot the hot round for AM2. Uh, it was great. I was able to manage the wind a lot better than everybody else, but that's a different story. On the regular side, I did all right. Nothing special, nothing great. He decided to play from the golds, which is a much harder layout. However, they moved all the pins to B position, and that is a very forehand-friendly layout. So I was able to manage to get uh, get that going, which was nice. Um, ended up, we pushed on the first hole, and then I had the lead all the way through the end. I got up at one point by four. It looked like things were going in my favor. However, he won the next three, so I was only up by one. And I ended up winning up by three. As we finished hole 17, beautiful forehand hole, kind of looks like a handy cane, and I threw it, and it was beautiful, and he thought that I had a bad shot. He thought I ended up in the weeds, and the woods, and it just didn't look good. Turns out if I threw it just a little bit further, and when I say a little bit, it was muddy, and we could see where the disc hit. If it went about six inches farther, I would have aced that hole. Instead, I had a drop in two. It was great. It was a great way to finish that out, and then we played hole 18 because... Well, we had to get to our cars, and we were having fun. I had a great time playing against this guy. I don't want to mention him on stream because, you know, some people don't like to be mentioned on stream. So he um, did a fantastic job. Um, great play. Uh, he's like, I kind of regret choosing this course because of your forehand, but we all had fun, and it was a good time. There is a slight chance, an outside chance, that I could pick the next uh, location for our tournament, for our, for my match. The people who are going at it, one is a 30-something, one is a 50-something seed. So if the 50-something seed wins, clearly I get to pick. So that will be great. I already have a course in mind. I looked at the PDGA ratings for these two guys. I looked at the their courses because uh, the courses they played. Um, I looked at uh, one of the courses we actually played in the same tournament. Uh, he was in a... He's in the M3 division. I was in the M1 or M2 division, but we played the same layout, and I shot better. Uh, I'll say that. I shot about 10 strokes better playing the same layout. So I'm feeling pretty good. Now, this was back in October-ish, so plenty of time to get better. Um, I've gotten better. I assume both of these gentlemen, uh, whoever I end up playing, could are better, and that's just kind of where I'm at with that one just kind of going off the top of my head uh neither of them have played they have not played their match yet they have to get it in by 6 p.m sunday um for those of you who celebrate easter that i mean it's kind of a busy weekend then um they have to get it in by that point if they don't uh they both forfeit and i get a buy to the sweet 16 so um you know hoping hoping that that will happen however that Seems to be all I have to talk about with that. There is a very outside chance that that'll happen. I'm 90%, 99% sure that they will get that in before um, the deadline of Sunday. But 
let's get moving on to the Texas State Championship held at Dogwood Course in Tyler, Texas. Beautiful, beautiful Tyler, Texas, the city of roses, the rose capital of the world. They do have a ton of roses out there. Anyway, who? Great showing there. Ricky Wysocki. He is looking like 2016 Ricky. He is looking fan-freaking-tastic. A um, little slow at Vegas, but after that, he's really picked it up. Top five finishes, top three finishes, I believe, for the last couple. Waco, Belton, and obviously Tyler here. He won Texas State, clearly. He's doing great. His putt is looking amazing. His drives are top-notch, as always, but his putt. And at Vegas, it seemed like his putt was not quite there and I, I get it it was crazy windy there I totally understand that it is it was very very windy there so I understand that everybody's putt was off but his just seemed off more than more than everyone else if that makes sense where you know guys were making the adjustments and able to go through and do this and I, I get that um but however it uh it was I don't know it just seemed off and I don't know what it was maybe it was that you know, first tournament jitters, everybody gets them. Everybody does. It it happens. But, you know, it uh, it is what it is. So fantastic job to Ricky Wysocki. And Haley King, oh, my God, watching her in the final round was amazing. Total, total aggression, but not like, I don't know. She seemed pretty calm and collected during that whole time. Like, the her, her plays, her lies, her everything was super aggressive which I can sympathize. That's kind of my play style there. So watching her play and watching someone with far more talent than I have and far more accuracy and just better disc golfer than I am, but having that play, same play style, it's great. It was so cool to watch. Just looking at her, being able to hit the lines and going, yeah, that's, you know, looking at looking at the lines the best I can from the angles that they give you from Disc Golf Network, which, you know, they're not always the best, but it's not, you know, it's tightly wooded and you can't get in the player's way. However, looking at that, I would go, okay, you know, this is kind of what I'd try to do here. And then not only would she do that, like not only would she see the same thing I would, but she'd actually execute it. And I'd go, wow, you managed to park that hole. And I probably would have hit second available. I have confidence that I would not hit first available, but my confidence is like 60-40 not hitting first available, where she's like, yeah, I got this. Boom, done. Super aggressive, super chill. Like, glad to see that she was able to, to pull that one out. That was a blast to watch on the FPO side. Um, as the talent is getting deeper on FPO side, it is getting more and more fun to watch. Like, nothing against Paige Pierce and uh, Katrina Allen watching those two battle back and forth. That was always fun. However... It just seemed like that um, uh, those two, it was just, it was always just those two, if that makes any sense. Like, I, I, you know, I love them, but they're, they're just like, well, you know, it's just, it's always those two. It's always those two. But now it is far more than that. Kona was doing well. Uh, not so much here. Not bad. I don't know. Let's see. I wonder how my skip ace is done. Uh, we're, we're just, you know, handling that pretty well there, but it is what it is. Um, fantastic job to both, uh, Haley King and to Ricky Wysocki. I think, uh, things are going to be looking up and having a lot of fun with that, but let's see. Skip Ace, how 
much did I screw up? Skip base. Come on. Load. Yikes, I am sitting third place here. Let's take a look at my picks. My previous picks here. Oh, it won't let me. Why won't it let me? Oh, well. Uh, all events. Texas State. Yeah, I did not get... I did not get all that much in terms of points for that one. I, ooh, ooh, yikes. Yeah, not, not so great there. Not, 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 nope, nope, no bueno. That's okay. My picks were pretty terrible. But uh, the next thing we've got coming up here for Skip Ace will be the Jonesboro Open powered by Prodigy. So hopefully things will go well there. Let's get on to our next topic here. We have some upcoming tournaments. April 7th through the 10th, we have the Pro-Am College Disc Golf National Championship held in Marion, North Carolina. Most likely this will be at the uh, um, on like Jomez or Gatekeeper, Central Coast. One of those people will have it. Um, April 8th through the 10th, we have an A tier. The Vintage Open in Russellville, Arkansas. That will be happening uh, where Disc Golf Network will have final day coverage there. The weekend after that, we have April 16th through the 18th. This will be a Disc Golf Pro Tour Elite Series stop. This will be the Jonesboro Open held in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Really creative name there, guys. This will have your normal coverage of Jomez, Gatekeeper, GK, Central Coast, and Disc Golf Network for all the days, all the coverages, everything that you can possibly want there. So that will be exciting to watch. Can't wait for that. Same weekend, we have an A tier, the Rocky Mountain Amateur Championships held in Federal Heights, Colorado. Don't know if they'll have any uh, coverage there. Who knows? There are a lot more companies out there now, so you might find it on a smaller time company. Hopefully, trying to grow there. We also have an A tier. Uh, the 17th and 18th, this will be the No Foolin' Tournament in Dexter, Michigan. Probably not have any coverage again, just like the Rocky Mountain Amateur Championship. Uh, we also have April 23rd through the 25th. We have three tournaments that weekend. The this is These are all A-tiers. We have the Pro-America, or Pro-Mid-America Open in Columbia, Missouri. Disc Golf Network will have your last day coverage. We have the Pro-Am Kentucky State Disc Golf Championships. Uh, this was the Bowling Green Open, Bowling Green Ams, and this is in Bowling Green, Kentucky, in case you didn't know. We also have the Am Masters Cup. This is obviously an amateurs event in Santa Cruz, California. Very busy weekend there. Would not be surprised at one of those if uh, Joe Mez or GK, somebody has tournament coverage there. Your typical post-production stuff. Following weekend, we have April 28th through May 1st. We have National Tour Stop. This is an elite series. The Dynamic Discs Open in Emporia, Kansas. This is the headquarters of Dynamic Discs. Good job there, guys. This was formerly the Glassblown Open. This was a massive tournament. Huge week-long event. Different C-tiers, flex starts every single day. It seemed like it was a blast to watch. Something I really want to go to. It is on my bucket list. However, this year I think it'll be down a little bit from what it was before. Obviously, there was no GBO last year. However, they did make the discs still, and I've got my 
Latitude 64 Keystone, Glass Blown Open 2020. Get them while they last. They will be collector's items for the tournament that didn't happen. This is a fantastic tournament. They also have the AM side of this, or the and the pro side, your non-touring pros. This is uh, the Dynamic Disc Open 8 here. This is Mar uh, blah, blah. not March, April 28th through the 30th. A little bit shorter, same start day. You'll play a lot of the same courses, a lot of fun. It is absolutely fantastic. Moving on, again, I'm sorry if I'm talking really, really fast. This is the second time I'm recording it. I'm trying to remember the things that I said and remember to hit all the same topics that I did before. Moving on, we're going to talk about shoe selection. Now, it is improper to have it is important to have proper footwear here. Well, what is proper footwear? Well, you don't want to go barefoot. And for the simple fact that most of our courses, and you found this on UDisc, I talked about this a month or two ago, huge, huge percentage are at public parks. And the public is stupid. Uh, I like the quote from Men in Black. A person is smart. People are stupid. They're panicky. They're nervous. I get it. I think I might have butchered that quote, but, you know, paraphrase. Paraphrasing. That's what I'm doing here. Um, And they litter, and they drop things, and they bring glass bottles where they shouldn't. And if you step on broken glass or something, anything, with a bare foot, that's not going to go well. You're going to end up cutting up your foot. It's going to be nasty. On top of that, here in Fort Wayne, we are very blessed. We are very fortunate that we have such a strong disc golf community. We have concrete tee pads for all of our tees and alternate tees at all of our courses. It is a great luxury and something where I didn't realize how spoiled we were until I went and traveled outside of the Fort Wayne area and was able to get into more disc golf courses and see that they don't always have that. Uh, sometimes it's that turf stuff. Sometimes it's other. And I get it. There are some courses I've played that are like up and down and crazy hilly, and you just can't get concrete in there easily. So I understand that. I totally understand that. Um, but we were very blessed there, uh, and they take a very um, hard bristled brush and drag it sideways uh, perpendicular to the angle of where you're traveling to help give you more traction when it's wet. So that will absolutely, absolutely tear up your feet. And that is a terrible, terrible life choice. Terrible, very terrible. Um, so you'll end up tearing up your feet. The other thing you don't want to wear, sandals. Sandals and disc golfing, another terrible idea. Because you're either going to kick them off and play barefoot, or you're going to absolutely destroy your ankle when you try to X-step and your sandal rolls and then your ankle rolls and then you're not going to be happy because your ankle's huge and you end up having to take a whole bunch of time off because, well, you're hurt and you can't play. Very, very, very terrible. And again, another point against going barefoot, one of our courses is a former city dump and we have spent a lot of time, many years cleaning it up and it looks gorgeous. However, there are still old rusty things in the ground that sometimes get uncovered as people walk through, as some of the dirt erodes away with some of the rain and precipitation. So the last thing you want to do is step on something rusty. Again, cutting your foot, taking time off, and potentially getting an infection like tetanus. And tetanus is not good. That 
is some free medical advice. I went to school for a long time to get my sports medicine degrees to tell you tetanus is bad. <laughs> there you go. Life lessons from Joe. Tetanus is bad. Um, so what do I wear when I usually play? Typically, I will wear uh, one of two things. Either I have a pair of trail running shoes uh, by New Balance, and I have Solonen hiking boots. Very good hiking boots uh, because I also do hiking, but these are also great. Both of those, because of the way their tread is, uh, very, very good with... Um, uh, very good with keeping your grip. Like, I'm not worried at all. Like, I can wear just about any kind of tennis shoe or sneaker, or whatever you want to wear, on our tee pads. But here's the thing. You only have 18, or in our case at Tillman Park, 19 shots off of concrete. Now, the way some of the Tillman holes are, you can end up landing, if you're shooting from blue or red, you could end up on a white tee, but the odds of that happening very, very small. So you've only got 18 shots from concrete. And that is where you have the best traction. What I'm worried about is everywhere else, when I'm in the grass, when I'm in the mud. And these shoes do a really, really good job. Now up here in the Midwest, in the northern area of the country, things are thawing out, and that first half inch to inch is nice and thawed and mushy, and underneath is still pretty firm and frozen. Now, it won't prevent you from planting hard and slipping and destroying yourself and maybe even getting an ace like Kevin Jones, but it will help you get some good grip when things are just wet or, you know, it's dry out. You're worried about maybe the dew and the grass. Both of those shoes are fantastic. And I, I really love my New Balance trail running shoes. The only issue I have with them is they're not waterproof. I did scotch guard them to help with like morning dew, but other than that, it's not too bad. Um, that's when I have my hiking boots and my hiking boots are also good for some of the courses I've played where there's significant elevation changes where I want that extra ankle support and hiking boots generally come up over your ankle. Good hiking boots will come up over your ankle and you'll be able to tie them and secure them, help preventing injury, helping you feel more stable as you're standing at that awkward position on the side of a hill. It's just kind of what happens. Um, I think that both of those are good options. Uh, I have no specific allegiance to any shoe company there. If you want um, Under Armour, New Balance, Reebok, Nikes, whatever you want to get, whatever you like, I just recommend looking for their trail running shoes. Like I, I have wide feet, so I do not manage to fit into uh, Nikes ever because they run narrow. And the way normal shoe sizing, shoe sizing works for width is I believe it's 2D, is normal width, uh, 2E is wide, and 4E is extra wide. So my fat feet are a 4E. And not many companies make those. Side note, benefit, not many companies sell too many of those. So the ones that do make it, I generally find them on sale, which is fantastic. So there are some benefits there. That is kind of my thoughts there on what you should wear in terms of shoes. I also don't like having wet feet. So if that's something that doesn't bother you, you, whatever. That's why I have my waterproof boots. Whenever I go to a tournament, I have both of those in my trunk. I'll generally drive in my regular shoes because I don't need my feet getting all hot, sweaty, and nasty when I'm just driving to the course. Because generally, the courses I go to for these tournaments are not local. They're about an hour and a half to two hours away, which is about as far as I'm willing to drive in one morning. 
because that generally means I'm on the road by 5 to get there by 7 to get a warm-up in before a players meeting that happens usually around 8.30, 9 o'clock. I like getting a nice, good warm-up in beforehand and learning the course in some situations. But I digress. Let's bring it back around here. Those are the shoes that I like to wear there. Um, I also, in between rounds, a lot of times with C tiers and some B tiers, you'll play two rounds in a day. And like a couple B tiers I'm doing, I'll play two rounds and then I'll come back for on Saturday and I'll come back Sunday, play one round. In between rounds, I like to change my socks. That's just a personal thing. It, it helps me feel more refreshed and ready to go, ready to attack the course for the second time. That's just a personal thing. That might be something you want to consider doing. Who knows? Just throwing it out there. It is what it is. That is, I think, all I've got on that topic there. And uh, just make sure at the end you dry your shoes out. Uh, let them open them up. Put them on a vent. Let them sit outside in the sun. Dry out so they don't get all stinky and nasty. That is the one bad thing. If I get my socks wet and nasty and I have to throw them in my trunk, ugh, my car smells like a locker room. But it is what happens. Um... Moving on, talking about disc selection and what discs you should add to your bag, when you should move on from your beginner's stuff, when you should take a disc out of your bag. All good topics. So I'll start with the easiest portion of this question. When you should take a disc out of your bag. Now, the easiest answer is when you don't trust it. And how do you know when you don't trust it? Well, I've had a sheriff in my bag for three or four years. That that disc has been through a lot. It has seen a lot. Sheriffs are neutral to understable. Not They're not known to be crazy stable. So this one, even though it was in the premium lucid plastic, eventually this year as I started throwing it more, and towards the end of last year, I was not trusting it as much as I would have liked to. I was having issues where it would just end up like, I'd want to do certain things, I'd try to throw it, and it would end up flipping over, even though I wasn't putting that much power on it, or I was letting it go on more of a hyzer, trying to get that flip up, and it just wasn't doing what I want. So, I ended up going out to buy a Lucid X Sheriff, because I wanted to replace it. And the Lucid X, it's Lucid X Chameleon Sheriff. It is one of the Pro Series Pro Discs to help out, I forget who throws it, Page Shoe, I think, maybe? Anyway, too, I digress. Uh, let's bring it back around here. Uh, I wanted to bring that back. I wanted to get it and see if I could get that what I wanted. And so far, so good. The thing was that that Lucid X Chameleon is far more stable than a normal sheriff. So I wasn't, I was still missing something in my bag. I ended up filling that spot with a Lucid Trespass. And I, the Trespass is exactly what I wanted. Mostly straight, has a slight fade to the right. It'll, it'll kind of coast gently to the right. And then it'll finish left. And it's perfect for what I need. Mostly straight shots. Anything I need to get over to the right a little bit. But not too much where I would throw a forehand. Because if I'm going to try to make something go to the right, I'm not throwing a backhand. And if I'm throwing a backhand, I'm in trouble. I've only had to throw a backhand to go right a couple times. And that was because I was pinned up against a tree line. Chucked out a vandal. Chuck and pray. And uh, it worked. Uh, I can't say I'd actually recommend doing that. But... It is something that happens. Now, moving on to uh, when you should add discs. So there are two kind of thoughts to this um, with disc selection and how you want to set up your bag. 
One thought is you have a bunch of the same mold in various states of wear and various different plastics, where I would take, say, my Sheriff, and I would have that super beat-up one. That would be my flippy disc. And then I would have a newer uh, Biofusion or Lucid, which would be my neutral, straighter, you know, slightly stable disc. And then I'd have my Lucid X Chameleon one, which would be my overstable version to have various different shots there. And that's what a lot of people like. And they just like to have that same consistent feel in their hand, no matter what. And that's great. If that's what you want to do, that is absolutely fan-freaking-tastic. However, that's not exactly what I want to do. I like having new discs all the time. I like having... Um, I like to rely on what the numbers say and not trying to remember certain things. So, like I said, my... I have a super understable, I have a, a captain that is my roller disc, except the other day when it was crazy windy and I had a nice tailwind, that disc, I got it to hyzer flip to flat and just, it cruised. It went about 400 feet. It was a beautiful shot. I have never, ever gotten that thing to fly straight like that. That's how big of a tailwind it was and how much the stability was changed. I then have my trespass as kind of my straight flyer. Uh, on After that, like I said, I've got my Lucid X Sheriff. And to get into more stable stuff, like uh, my crossover disc, I would say, is my Gladiator. This one, when I throw it on my backhand, it is pretty stable. So I know that is going to finish left hard. When I throw it on my forehand, it is a decently straight flying disc because I just I have more power with my forehand. That's just how it goes with me and how I play. Um, so I'm trying to get that and do that. And then I have an enforcer that I can force over and get out there. I have a Raider that kind of fits in somewhere in there. It's kind of my weird disc because of the speed it has. It has a high speed, but a low fade, um, or not fade, uh, turn. So who knows? It, it just kind of fits in there a little weird. And then I have my Flop Wedge Stiletto, which is a crazy overstable disc. It is not as overstable as the Tilt, but it is very overstable disc. And because of the high wind I was playing in on Sunday, that disc, I've never seen fly so straight. It looked like my Sheriff, my Lucid X Sheriff. And it just, it flew so straight and then finished because it was just ridiculous. I've never seen one fly that straight. But that's the kind of wind you're dealing with. It is what it is. So those are the kind of two philosophies there. Now, as a beginner, what I would recommend is just staying with the starter pack, uh, staying Mostly just throwing putters and understable mid-ranges because you'll find more success. You try to throw um, a driver, a high-speed driver, and you don't have the arm speed, you don't have the technique, it's not going to be fun. It's not going to go well. You can look at, I believe it was Brody Smith's wife, was getting a lesson from Paige Pierce, and she had some decent success with the putters and the mid-ranges, and then she had her try out a distance driver, and on a backhand, it dumped hard left, and it was just bad. Like, she did not have fun with that one. And it was just an example to show you, as a beginner, those high-speed discs are not where you should be. That is not what you should do. With a putter and understable discs, you can have that slower arm speed and still find success. Plus, as you get better, it will help you to see some of the flaws in your form. You'll see with a putter, if you're rolling your wrist on a backhand, you'll see that your putter's turning over and you're not doing something right. It will help you out a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton with better understanding your form, which is what you need to do. That's what you need to work on more and more. 
but as you find that you're not quite getting the distances you want as your arm speeds are getting faster the discs may you might start out with something like a bounty and it is a great understable disc for mine i power down and just let it go it has a ton of glide and it just keeps on going and it's a straight flying disc now you might start out and that is a stable disc and it is finishing left for you pretty hard but as you get better as your arm gets faster you'll see that it's finishing straighter and straighter so at that point you probably want to add in something like an emac truth i wouldn't say justice that is that is a lot of beef that is a lot of beef for a new person but then you know you kind of work those things in like that slowly it really helps if you have someone that you know plays disc golf who's maybe played a lot longer than you and has more discs you can choose from the reason I got so big into Trilogy was in Fort Wayne, we have one of the pros here is sponsored by Dynamic Discs. One of my buddies played with him a lot and got to know those discs pretty well. I played with my buddy and he's like, oh, here, you know, try this. Like I had a mixed bag, which there's nothing. I, I say throw a mixed bag. Go for it. Throw what works for you. I started throwing more and more DD, more and more Trilogy in general, your Latitude 64 and Westside Discs, and now I am part of the Team Trilogy, so that's all I'm allowed to throw, but that's that's neither here nor there. But as he helped me out and helped me go with this, I was, he's like, here, try this, here, try this. And I wasn't going to try to go, all right, so I like the Sheriff. What does Innova make that's like the Sheriff? Because now, like, Dynamic Discs actually does a really good job I was going to try to start doing this where I'd go, hey, this is this disc. You know, flight numbers between companies mean nothing, in my opinion. Um, they, they're they very different. You can compare them within the same company, but you cannot compare the flight numbers of a boss to a flight to the flight numbers of a sheriff. It's just not going to go well. Um, the numbers, the way Innova does it versus the way DD does it is very different. And that's neither here nor there. That is what it is. Um, what I wanted to do was make up a big list of that and dynamic disc beat me to it. And they have so many more resources and there there's just so much better. It is, it is really pretty. Whether you throw dynamic or not, you could use their disc finder and figure out either a disc from them or somebody else. Like you could go, all right, I like the boss. Now I want to throw disc mania. What does disc mania have that is like the boss? And it'll show you what's close, you know, it might not be the exact same disc, it might not be the exact same flight as a boss, but it'll be close enough where it doesn't really matter all that much. But that's just kind of how that goes. So those are those are things you want to slowly add it in. And he was, so I, I kind of got with that and went from there. And most of my friends now throw mostly Trilogy. They have other stuff and it's fun. I got my hands on a tilt over the weekend and oh my god, that thing was amazing. I like I know everybody said it was stable and I threw it and even in the headwind I threw it into it turned over so fast it was so much fun but that's that's uh that's kind of a a story for another day uh I would like to get my hands on a tilt but uh, who knows with the way the current situation is in terms of how disc manufacturing is going for everybody everything is sold out from everywhere but uh yeah, disc selection, when to move up and when to move on. Um, moving on from a disc is pretty easy. It's when you don't trust it to do what you want it to do. Moving up in discs as a beginner is a little harder, but that is kind of a feel thing. And if you have someone else around you to help you out, that would also be great. 
a lot of times you can go ask the club. You can ask a lot of the pro guys are super nice. A lot of pretty much all the clubs have Facebook pages and you could go in and just go, hey, you know, uh, I've been throwing this um, trying to get something better. Does anybody have any recommendations of a, you know, what is the fairway driver version of this disc? What is the distance driver version of this disc? I want something faster because my arm is getting faster and I need it to do X, Y and Z. And everybody will be kind enough to help you out. There is no lack of opinions on the Internet. There you go. Another fantastic quote from me there. No lack of opinions on the internet. Other topic I want to talk about. I do have, ah, I don't have it with me. Uh, I managed to get my hands on both the Emac Judge, which is so pretty right here. So beautiful. And I also got myself a special edition Glimmer Evader, the new overstable uh, fairway driver from Dynamic Discs. It reminds me a lot of my Triple X that I recently lost. Love to get that disc back. Love to buy a new one. However, there are no, um, there are none in stock anywhere. But that is a problem again with manufacturing. Um, it they both seem like great discs. Uh, feel is another thing you should talk about when you're looking to add a new disc to your bag. Uh, while I've had some success with the Emac Judge, I've really enjoyed throwing this at the basket in my backyard. I don't like the way it feels in my hand. Uh, I just can't get comfortable. The way I putt, the way I hold it right here, um, I like having a bead, a real bead, not the micro bead. So that is not something I really thoroughly enjoy, but it is, you know, a lot of fun there. Um, really straight shooter. I didn't notice a big difference, at least putting from 15 and 20 feet. I didn't notice a big difference between the Emac judge or the real, like, real judge, regular judge. They're both judges. They're both real. I can touch them. They have corporeal form. It's great. Um, but hopefully I will have reviews out later this week. If the weather cooperates, if the wind dies down a bit, hopefully I'll be able to get both of these out there. I'll see what happens. Who knows? But thank you all for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, watching live, watching this as a recorded video. Thank you all for watching. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. If you stumbled across this, I appreciate all of you for watching. Thank you all. Let me know your comments about disc selection, about footwear, down in the comment section below. If you're listening on audio podcast, thank you all for listening. Remember to rate and review wherever you get your podcast from. That's where you're listening this, listening to this from. Thank you all for watching and listening. I appreciate all of you. Don't forget to thank Treesus when you are have a good kick. Reflect about how you may have hurt a tree in the past and why Treesus did not bless your disc with a beneficial kick. Thank you all for watching. I've been Joe. You've been awesome. This has been Joe's Disc Golf Podcast. Everybody have a great week, great weekend. Have a happy Easter. Thank you all. I'll see you later.